For the first time in Pat's Interference history, we've got four people four. on the podcast. Four people. Four people. We got two guests with us this week. You're listening to Pat's Interference. I'm Patrick Brickman. I'm Joined Patrick by Norwood. Patrick Norwood. Paxton Rembus. Paxton Rembus. Every, you guys say your name. Who's here? <clears throat> Roll Pac- call. Paxton Rembus, Youngstown State University. Cameron Brindle, NC State University. I love this. That was awesome. I love this. That was so cool. That was so cool. Yeah, welcome. Uh, if you are a new listener, this is a college football podcast run by two of the best friends in the whole world. Whole world. Whole world. Uh, we went to Alabama. We are joined tonight by two of my dear friends from the Durham Bulls. If you've been listening for a long time, you know I work for the Durham Bulls. This is your first time. Welcome again. Uh, Paxton Rimbus does graphics at the Bulls. He's my creative partner. He is our FCS expert analyst. And then we have Cam Brindle, head groundskeeper at Durham Bulls Athletic Park. If you've ever been to a Bulls game and you're like, dang, this grass looks really good. Field looks really nice. Cam Brindle is the reason why. He is our ACC analyst and expert this evening. Uh, you can expect a lot of discussion about the NC State Wolfpack with him, which is what we should lead off with. Brent. Why not? I'm all for it. NC State played a game last Thursday. As we're recording this, it is Thursday night. We're all over because last year, if you'll remember, and you are following us on TikTok at PI Podcast on TikTok. Uh, it may be Pat's interference on TikTok, actually. It is, I believe. Uh, we went to the App State Coastal game last year when it was in Boone. We were going to go this year with Paxton to continue the tradition, and then tickets were too expensive, and we didn't feel like driving all that way to spend that much money to be cold. Uh, so we're doing it here. In our living room. Watching that game live right now. Watching With 11 it live minutes right left now. in the third quarter, by the way. However, last Thursday, I was lucky enough to join Cam Brindle in his season ticket holder seats with the lovely Jade Norwood to watch NC State Virginia Tech in what may be one of the worst D1 games I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Very much so. Uh, I understand Devin Leary is out. I don't want to minimize that. I don't want to make that uh, something that just sort of disappears in the background. But... When Virginia Tech has 293 total yards and 251 of them came in the third quarter, I can't in good conscience tell you it was a good football game. It was entertaining, yeah, but it wasn't good. It was, it was very nearly the only college football game so far this year that went into halftime scoreless. I know a field goal ruined that, and I know a lot of Twitter was rooting to see that. Uh, by the sadly. way, that field goal was almost missed. Yes. He iced the kicker, three, and he missed it. Three times. Oh, wow. Right. Right, so Cam. Oh, that's a bummer. NC State right now has, what, one loss? Two. Two losses. So this started back, uh, Syracuse game. Yes. Devin Leary, that's the first game with him being out. We're trying to figure out who the quarterback's going to be in our offense. Like, hadn't got going all season long. MJ Morris, highly touted, uh, five-star, four-star recruit. Um, coming in as a freshman, he's only been on campus for like four or three months. Coming in, doesn't know the playbook as well as the other QBs that have been there, but he got a shot against Virginia Tech eventually in the second half. And I remember sitting there with you, and we got a text, or you got a text from one of your buddies in the picture. All I remember in my head was Wake versus was it Virginia? Yeah, zero Wake, zero. Wake Virginia the game, Tech. That was the uh, that was the Wakey Leagues game. Yes. <laughs> the zero zero meme yep. with Frank Beamer yeah. holding his hand. That's all I can think of. High above his head. Yeah. For the rest of the game. Yep. That's and a, then that's basically what we saw. We were down twenty one to three, and I was just like looking at you like, there's a lot of time left. Ton of time. 
a lot of time, and they finally let MJ just sling it. Yeah, there was and, there was definitely a moment where they realized the offense was going to run more yes. fluently if he was just kind of slinging it. Yeah, and it worked, and it was, it was one of the best comebacks this year, supposedly like uh, second biggest comeback, biggest comeback of yep. the year so far. Yeah, um, FBS. So, so that's uh, that's one game yep. that, we, that we saw. That last sounds kind of funny. It made it sound like it was horrible, and it was fun in the end. I said it was one of the worst games I've ever seen. That doesn't mean it's not entertaining. Don't judge a game by its first three, <laughs> don't 98% judge a game. of the game. Yeah, don't judge a game by its box score, right? <laughs> exactly. But I do think we figured out where we're at now and kind of have somebody instead of flip flopping yeah. back and forth. Yes, yes. If you um, so going forward, what, what makes the season a success for you? Well, we're undefeated at home. We got Wake Forest this weekend. Huge, huge game. Uh Wake got embarrassed last week. They did. They looked really oh, bad. We're about to talk yeah. about that one. So, it's a big game this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brick, let's let's move on a little bit. What other games from the weekend stood out? I know it wasn't a super exciting weekend of college football. You had the cocktail party between Georgia and Florida. Florida pulled within eight in the third quarter before Georgia just completely annihilated them and beat the brakes off of them towards the end of the game. Um who do you think that was more eye-opening to? Is that a, a bigger win for Florida because they kept it close against a very good Georgia team with Billy Napier having a, I don't want to call it an underwhelming season, but one that maybe Florida fans were hoping was going to be a little bit better? Or was that better for Georgia going into Tennessee? Uh, I mean, it's a rivalry game, so I'm always going to lean toward the 22-point win in the rivalry game. It's, it's, it's a, I think Florida's disappointed leaving that. I don't know what the line was. Do you remember what the line was? I think it was close to 13. Okay, yeah. I mean, George, George is definitely happy leaving that. Their, their offense is, is sneakily one of the best in the country. I know we've, we've kind of memed how bad Stetson Bennett was last year at times and how much they had trouble throwing the ball. And George's offense has been really, really good. Yeah, and and Brock solid. Bowers and, and Darnell Washington are essentially wide receivers anyway. So who cares who they're throwing to at the wideout position? Those two are their wideouts. Right. Brock Bowers is maybe the best wide receiver in the country. Right. Um, um, so yeah, I, I would I would say Georgia's got to feel excellent. They they really shed off a lot of the uh, the mid is mid season rust a thing. Yeah, Georgia had mid season. I'd, I'd say fatigue. Yeah, right. Let's, let's I, I don't know that. if it's rust, but you're you're tired from a long season. I realize one other Thursday night game that we need to bounce back to to bring in Paxton Rimbus here. Paxton, your uncle is the athletic director at Utah University. Yep. The Utes played an interesting game, I'll call it, against a decent Washington State team. And now are looking pretty good as far as the Pac-12 is concerned, right? Yeah. How do you assess what Utah needs to do throughout the rest of the season? This is also a team that you've seen play live. Yeah, saw them play live last year against UCLA, and they went on to have a great season making it to the Rose Bowl and you know competing against Ohio State in that game, and beat Oregon twice last year, including in the Pac-12 championship. This year saw them on the road at the Swamp where they were, you know, just a couple Anthony Richardson scramble, make plays on his feet away from beating Florida in the Swamp. Um, And then this past Thursday, they went up to uh, Pullman, Washington, where I was surprised to learn that they hadn't won in nine years. Yep. Um, Utah hadn't won there in nine years? Nine years. Right. That's crazy. Right. Wazoo. Right. Um... They go out there for the opening drive, and they're without star quarterback Cam Rising. And surprisingly. Christian Rockroop, Cameron Rising. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so apparently he got like. scratched uh, pregame for, I don't, I don't exactly know what injury. 
I never um, heard what happened. Neither did I. So something must have happened in the USC game that he got banged up on. Um, but they were able to, you know, pull out a a gritty win against Washington State with a backup quarterback, and they're with, without their starting running back as well, Tavion Thomas. Um, so yeah, they got the job done. Uh, can't ask for much more than that. Play, Especially in the Pac-12. Yeah, they play right? like that's that's most of the Pac-12 now is just okay. Let's just go out and try and win, right? It's not a you don't need to put on a show. Yeah, they play Arizona uh, this week at home against Salt Lake City. Terrible team. Sh- should be able to take care of business there. <laughs> yep, gonna um, be fine. And then at Oregon the following week. Well, that's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, Utah um, at Oregon is gonna be one we're watching. Uh, Brent, I've got a go question. Ahead. I've got a question for you. I know I know a few things about your football fandom, so I'm gonna give you Cam Rising, mm-hmm. Grayson McCall, or Desmond Ritter. Which one are you taking? Oh boy, you got you got to win a top twenty five matchup, and you can pick between those three quarterbacks. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm taking Thick Boy. I'm taking Cam Rising. Cam really? Rising. Oh yes, yeah. Sir. I've seen him. I've seen him I make. I thought you say Ritter. That's crazy. Uh, Ritter doesn't have a, a strong enough pull in my heart like you think he does. I, I guess maybe I've just thought that you it's just the Ohio thing, dude. Yeah, I yeah, guess so. Yeah. He's he's more of a Cardell Jones guy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no way. Are you? <laughs> uh, he was fun. We ain't came here to play school. I have, one, I have one thing. Uh, I saw this on Twitter the other day, which was amazing to see. It's, uh, the four ACC schools in North Carolina will be the first time ever going to a bowl game. Really? The first time ever. Wow. All together. Duke, Carolina. Duke's, State. Duke's having a year. And, we've we've given Wake, Duke props Wake, a couple weeks in a row on the podcast. I, like, look, man. But I was, I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that. Yeah, stat. the fir- the fact that it's the first time ever is surprising. Yeah, I mean, it make I guess it makes sense because well, you, you got to th- factor in Duke being kind of bad. Yeah, you got to factor in Duke being Duke and Wake not being State like had this a couple ever. runs where they didn't go to bowl right. games. Right. No, that's, that's that's the Elko effect. Yeah. He came into the state and he just he just really we, brought dude, the energy and we, everybody's brought up their game. We joked about it. He's legit. Yeah, I'm saying last week a, people need to be given Mike Elko props, man. They got, they got a big game against Boston College tomorrow. So so here's a question I'll ask you. ACC coach. Yeah. Yeah. ACC coach of the year. Who are you giving it to right now? I think we should. It's got to go to Mac good. still, right? Mac. I mean, yeah, it's got to go Mac. Right. I don't know. Well, I mean, because I, I they, guess, they, were, they were expected to be, what, a 500 team with the new quarterback and losing Sam Howell. That's and true. That's a good they, point. They've come I don't in. Know, man. Easily, I mean, they're Look, might Duke be was projected to win three games, and now they're bowling. Elko, yeah. Elko should be considered, yes. Yeah. Yes. For sure. I mean, it's they're, not they're, Dabo, they're sitting at five and three right now. Easy game tomorrow night against Boston College, hopefully. Um, but Boston, it's, at, it's, at, it's at BC. BC is always hard to play at. UConn's almost going bowling, by the way. Wow. It's Jim a cold day in hell, boys. Jim Mora. Jim Mora effect, man. Yeah. I kind of forgot he was there, and then I saw it on the broadcast the other day. I was like, oh. All four teams going to the bowl. You know who uh, can't say that? Alabama. Yep. USA and Troy ain't doing it. Hey, and Duke almost beat Carolina on a last. Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> ECU, also bowl eligible. Uh, who? ECU. ECU, yeah. Looking, looking back at Duke's rec- or schedule, they barely lost to Kansas. They barely lost to UNC. Yeah, well, they should have won that game. They should have. Uh, should have won that game. Yeah. It was a bad call. Well, they didn't call the call that That's was should I mean, be called. But. I just I feel Elko a little bit. More. Yeah. Uh, okay, break. What other games do we have this weekend? What What else do we want to touch on? Um. Well, for again, it was a good game for most of the game, and even in the fourth quarter, they were up. But Penn State had Ohio State at least sweating let's, more than let, any team's done. Let's Let's talk about that game. Uh, yeah. Let's do and it. let's talk about one specific sequence. Penn State has the ball 
down by one with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oh, this is when I went to go get the coffee. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah left, you were gone. I left to go get Dunkin' Donuts because my girlfriend was feeling a little sleepy and we had a party that night. So yeah. I was like, let me get you a little something to boost the energy. And I, Dunkin' Donuts right down the street. When I came back, it was what? What was the score? I left, they were down one. Uh, I came back and it was... It was... The, uh, Ohio State what? had like a 16 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was something like that. But Penn State had was down one and had a fourth and two from Ohio State's 33, I want to say. They line up in the Maryland T offense. And Ohio State jumps off sides. They get the first down. Okay. Already, what are you doing? Terrible play call. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. They didn't jump off sides. They threw a pass to a tight end that was wearing number 44. And I don't need to explain that situation anymore. Imagine what a guy wearing number 44 looks like. You've got it. That's who caught the pass. Was he wearing gloves? A lot of times I feel yeah. like a 44 yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't wear gloves. Uh, no, I'm not talking long snapper 44. I'm talking linebacker 44. <laughs> okay. Right? Oh, thick. Gotcha. Thick. thick. And then they get... We're stereotyping numbers today. Oh, it's, oh. By the way, the under... Looking pretty App good. State Coastal Under is looking pretty good. We took the under and App it State. looked bad in the first half. Now we just need App State to cover minus three. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, they get down to the goal line, and it's fourth and goal from the two, three-yard line, and they line up in the Maryland tee again. And they run it, and they get stuffed, and they end up not even covering. 16.5-point spread. They didn't even cover. Or it may have just been 16. But I look at James Franklin... And I think about all the times with James Franklin we've gone, whew, that was a close game. And how many times after I've said that, I've said, yeah, but the coaching was terrible and they lost. You remember Michael Penix, 2020, beats oh, yeah, Penn State. Yeah, yeah. Terrible coaching. I, I just, I don't know why Penn State holds on to him and why he is so highly thought of in the college football community. Is there in that purgatory? What, who... Right now, who out there do they think they can get that, that they know is... I mean, Penn State knocks off a you know, 10-1 season. Gus Malzahn was at Auburn a few years ago. I mean, Brian Harson's looking for work right exactly. now. Exactly. Auburn had Gus Malzahn. Every couple of years, they'd have a good season, and um, they, they would beat a rival every few years. Like, like, you know, Penn State knocks off Ohio State once every three or four years. But they, they don't love them, but they, there's not like this name that they know they can go out and get that's going to make things... In fact, they should look at Auburn right now and be like, Mm. Could be a lot worse. Wow. Could be a lot worse. Is it similar to a uh, Pat Narduzzi at Pitt? Yeah, that's exactly good, yeah. exactly that's the same comparison. thing. It's a good comparison. Who, who are we going to get that is better? I mean, if it's like the next big coach is like a Penn State grad, like Nebraska thought they were getting with Scott Frost, something like that maybe, but it's like... Let's, let's flip to the other side. If you're Ohio State after the game, are you happy? Yeah, I think you're happy that you turned on the gas and figured it out. Figured it out. I mean, they were on right. the road. Yeah. And they did cover. And it's they a hostile environment, looked, like I understand. Still looked dominant. And, sure. and CJ Stroud struggled for a little while, but he did what he needed to do. And sure. You leave that game feeling all right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I feel like Ohio State was the end-all, be-all world beaters this year. And every game I have watched them in, they've been anything but. Now, granted, that's not... Very many games. I watched Notre Dame, Penn State, and one other game that I can't remember. Where they've looked fine, but not explosive and unbelievable in the wide receiver room. And granted, they've had guys hurt all year, but 
it, it just hasn't been the t- Travion Henderson hasn't been a factor. It just hasn't been really a team that they were advertised, right? They were advertised to be this number one end all beat all. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not seeing well, it. Well, so is Alabama. I mean, they were the two. Shit. So if, if Alabama needs to feel bad or if Ohio State needs to feel bad, then Alabama should feel worse. They've lost. It just must be a down year for college football because there's yeah, no way both Yeah, this year's been bad. terrible. Uh, Texas A&M is, oh, went 0-4 oh, oh in um, October. Uh, if you want a good giggle, go look at the Kevin Sumlin-Jimbo Fisher comparisons across this year because it's bad. It's really bad. And I, I don't want to be that guy, but if Jimbo were just a generic coach, just a John Smith-type coach, he'd be gone. Not getting paid a bazillion dollars. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess that's why you don't pay a guy named Jimbo. What do we What do we say last week the buyout would be? 55? It's at 55 right now? Oh, I thought it was, clo- I thought it was higher than that. A&M just needs to hit the Powerball. They, that would solve <laughs> a lot. Powerball's at 1.5 yeah. bills. That would, they would, if they hit the Powerball, their, their buyout for Jimbo Fisher is one-tenth of what the 1.2 billion dollar Powerball brings you after taxes. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. Because I think you get like five hundred fifty-four million after taxes for the one point two billion. Up, just so in that's case. that's a tenth, right? Uh, let's go to can we can we go to another game? Uh, TCU. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about TCU because I feel like every week on this pod we've talked about them so far, and it's been a will they, won't they, are they legit type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't, I just don't know if I can buy them yet, and that sounds ridiculous, but they have. And the college football playoff ranking came out this week, and on this podcast, if you're a longtime listener, you'll know, we don't talk about the college football playoff rankings very often because they're stupid in the first week. Remember how fun they were that first season, though? With Mississippi State and Ole Miss? Well, we just, like, because it was so new, we'd all sit around the TV and be like, yeah. every week, like, what oh are my they going to do? They, there's no way they... It doesn't matter. It does not matter. doesn't matter till week 10. Anyway. Uh, is TCU good? If TCU went to the playoff tomorrow against name your other three playoffs, no, would they win? No, you don't think they would. Absolutely, no. I think they could be a Clemson. I think they get smacked by Clemson. I'll be a, well. I, I would say smacked. I don't know. I think Dude, it'd be a really good game. I think it would be a good game. Maybe Clemson's the outlier. Clemson's defense. I think is Clemson. Really good. Yeah. What would the line be? Minus seven. Clemson minus I, seven. I'd put it. I'd put it six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. But I and I, I again. I think that would be your best matchup, those two. TCU's unique, and their fans have a point for being angry that they're ranked behind Alabama because they are undefeated. And they've had wins in all types of ways. They've had the gritty defensive battles. They've had the offensive shootouts and everything in between. And they've just found a way to win. I think it's my bias against Kansas, but the idea that Kansas has been a player in the Big 12 so much this year makes me think that the Big 12 is just bad. Yeah, that almost makes it, yeah. And that's why I'm having trouble believing anything that happens in the Big 12 so far this year, because it's just, yeah, but you guys let Kansas get ranked and threaten teams. It just didn't make any sense to me, and Texas hasn't been what what we thought they'd be after September, and Oklahoma's been a shell of what they have been. And it's a two-team conference that doesn't have either of those teams right now, so I just, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know but. if TCU is good, but TCU is fun. Oh, TCU yeah. TCU is really yeah. fun. Equally as important. I said Hip- last week I want their offensive The TCU-Kansas game, that was just wild. Yeah. Hip- Hypnotoad right. awesome. is one of the best things that has happened in college football this season. But that's why the sport's great. 
for the mm-hmm. dumb stuff, right? Like we don't like this. Put in one NFL. fun team. Yeah, the other three teams can be qualified, right? And they can be good. Right. Put in one fun team. Yeah, sure. That's what that's what the fourth seed fourth seed should be. Cincinnati versus committee. It should be fan voted. The fourth seed should be fan voted. Wow, I like it. <laughs> I like it. it. Let's give it a little 2007 MLB All Star game. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. The fourth team. We we'd end up with like it'd be like Bama. Ohio State, Clemson, and like, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa. Iowa would be, That'd be fun. Kansas. They would be the Peyton Hillis fan. This year it would be Kansas. <laughs> it would be Kansas or Duke. Mm. Uh, what other games from this weekend? Are you surprised at 44, was it 44-7? That, um, 44-6? I, I, we, we all thought that Tennessee was going was gonna to handle Kentucky pretty well. But forty four six is is quite a spread. I, I am I am a little surprised by how high that got. Um, I think that's a combination of a lot of things. I think Kentucky has been very questionable at moving the ball at all this season. If you go back and look at their wins, they're not shootout victories. Their quarterback is supposed to be a top ten dude. He's apparently better than Bryce Young. I don't know if you've heard. McShay put him ahead of Bryce Young today. That's what I'm saying. He's better than Bryce Young. Clearly, just like Drake May. He had 98 yards against that vaunted Tennessee secondary. Yep. That everybody goes, well, you know, the reason that Georgia's going to be Tennessee is because Stetson Bennett's going to be able to throw the ball on him. Will Levis. With what proof? Will Levis, my top five pick. Yeah. With, with second Corinthians on his bicep through 98 yards. Hey, guess which quarterback threw uh, nearly 500 yards against Tennessee? Interesting, isn't that? But we don't want to talk about that. Nope. He lost. He's bad. He was injured, but he's lost and he's bad. He threw three picks against Tennessee. Yep. What's another quarterback in the in the recent draft that has like a weird the weird amount of hype that Will Levis has gotten? I'd never understood. Will that. Levis is a Jake Locker that just oh. that, that gets picked. That gets picked. Uh, he's a he's a um. We we can go to Tennessee. Tyler Bray, uh, Paxton Lynch, buddy. That gets these. Well, yeah, but Paxton Lynch wasn't a first round pick. He was late first round. Was he? Really? Never started a game. He might have started, but he was he was first it's, round it, pick. But oh my god! Yeah, Trey Lance, my brother in name. It's guys that pre like McShay picks them out of almost nowhere, and all, and just like kind of it's Kuiper actually, and he just kind of throws them up there, and they always have those same measurables. Um, what what is that measurable, by the way? Go ahead and tell me what those measurables are. Uniqueness, not coming from a blue blood college football program. Tall can throw far. Looks like they're not trying when they throw <laughs> it seventy yards. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, real student of the game, right? That's what that's what that's what Kuiper. Then again, I thought Josh Allen was one of those too. And then. Yeah, prodigy of football, real uh, student of the game. Josh Allen is when that works out perfectly. Point like just being, the random dude. But I'm with you, and I like this argument. Is Tennessee that good, or is Will Levis? I mean, Tennessee is really good. Don't get me wrong. Tennessee's but is Tennessee very good. that good, or is Will Levis just that average? Right. Right. Also, I think as the national media, and this is me being a Bama homer, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to say this. The narrative can either be Alabama is not as good as we think they are, or Tennessee is very good. It's not both. It's not both. Because I'm tired of the narrative of, well, Alabama's just completely underwhelmed this season, but Tennessee's number one because they beat Alabama. That makes no sense to me. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, what other games from this weekend do we want to talk about? Let's get let's get one more in here. Um, things are going. I mean, I'm just going on the list now, but things are going super well for South Carolina until so they ran into that really really good Missouri team at home. <laughs> Shane Beamer, man, what are you like? Oklahoma State, forty eight nothing losing to Kansas State. We got to talk about that one. Gun we both beat. got. We have not missed on a bet 
as horribly as we missed on that one since we've been betting sports. That was a blowout, dude. It was it was plus two Oklahoma State, and we got annihilated on that. Mm-hmm. We, we got both killed. we both easily like like that was my most confident pick this weekend, and it was just and it was humorous. Jade was laughing at us. Shattered, yeah. Uh, Gundy, terrible. One last thing I'm going to throw in because I know you wanted to, but uh, Bo Nix with another crazy. He had two picks, but he had a uh, 312 yards. I think he had a couple rushing touch, three rushing touchdowns. If I'm looking at him objectively without the hatred that I have for him as a football player because he went to Auburn, he looks so much better all around as a quarterback this year than he ever did at Auburn. He is more confident. He's not as, you know, get outside the pocket, throw heavy. He's healthy. He's having fun out there. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a dark horse for the Heisman. Fifth best odds right now. <laughs> He's got the fifth highest odds right now. Yeah, no, if you don't know, that's a, that's a joke. Cam, you had a game you wanted to bring up? Yeah, just one of the ones this weekend that is pretty big, I feel like, is Clemson at Notre Dame. Oh, um, got to talk about that game. I mean, I know what Notre Dame did to Syracuse, but Schrader got hurt in the Syracuse game, kind of like in the middle of the game. Yep. That kind of changed the momentum for it them. It is a sellout at night because we're going to transition into next week. I think we're done with last week. The only thing else we could bring up is talk about how bad Jimbo is against Ole Miss, but Jimbo's bad. That's it. End of story. Uh Notre Dame is sold out. Notre Dame beat Syracuse pretty handedly. Yeah. That game was never really that close. That was an away game for Notre Dame. Brick, I brought up two teams this year that their record through six games, I said, was not indicative of who they were. Mm-hmm. One of them was Arkansas. The other was Notre Dame. I seriously think Clemson may be overlooking Notre Dame a bit. Uh, Maybe not defensively, but offensively, I think Clemson is really going to struggle on Saturday. Because when you have two quarterbacks, Brick, how many do you have? Uh, Bagel. Zero. Zero. And Clemson needed to put in... uh, We've got four people on the podcast. so We've got enough people. We can all throw out our picks and see what even. Go back to when Syracuse was at Clemson and gave them their money's worth, and they benched. That's yeah, Clemson came in. Yeah, right. But now they're saying Ulele or whatever his name is is coming back this week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. DJU. So that was one thing that I thought was. I interesting. like Ulele. I'm going to stick with that. Brick, yeah. you and I didn't even talk about this. Clemson comes in, they beat Syracuse, and then in the post game presser, Dabo goes, "Well, DJ still our guy." How do you feel about that? Um, I feel the way that I felt when Brian Flores kept taking two out to put in Fitzgerald. Mm. Fitzpatrick. Not yeah. Fitzgerald. Uh, Fitzpatrick, and then it was just... So why... Like, my thing is, like... And actually, in college, it's worse, because everybody knows that um, Klubnik's the future. Right. Right. So, yeah. I, here's... Okay. Let's go ahead and... Go ahead. Going back, uh, DJU... That was his first start at Notre Dame in 2020. Mm-hmm. You're right. He threw You're right. for a career high, three, 439 yards, he two peaked. touchdowns, and double overtime loss. Yes. That was the best game of his college career, too. Yeah. It was his first start. Yes, it yeah. was his best game really by was. far. It really was. Um, Let me right, read. So the spread being, um, you go ahead and read, and then we'll do the pick. Let me read the uh, weather report for Saturday in South Oh, Bend. I love this. 
I love this. Because I don't think DJU is going to throw for, what, 430 yards this Saturday. Weather report, windy. A steady rain in the morning with showers continuing in the afternoon. High 64 degrees. Wind south-southwest, 25 to 35 miles per hour. <laughs> could occasionally gust over 40 miles per hour. Yeah, we're watching who does that, this. Who does that favor? That's uh, Will Shipley. No kickers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Will Shipley. Take that the is... over on Will Shipley. Yeah. yeah. I want to know what... I want to know what his wind, 24 mile an hour wind aided 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, Bray, is this going to look like the uh, Bills Patriots Monday night game we watched last year? Oh, that was fun. Where Mac that? Jones had like 13 yards passing? Yeah, they, they tried field goals and warm ups and they were blowing backwards behind them. Uh, like, that could be fun. So, Clemson, uh, three and a half point favorites. Mm. We're picking spread here because we're a real podcast. Yep, real podcast picked a spread. All right, we're just going to go across the room. I'm going to go Clemson covering. Their name covers. No, 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 I'm going Clemson. Okay. Cam? I'm very confident. I would say Clemson wins by double digits. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Um, I mean, I've seen both teams have success this season and. They played Syracuse very differently, but I think Clemson pulls it out at the end okay. and wins uh, right. uh, probably by a touchdown. Okay. I, I think that's about right. I was going to say they probably win by six. Um, but I don't think it is going to be a backdoor cover situation for either team. I think this game is going to be close. Uh, Brooke, what other games we got next week? We got So we got Florida and A&M, and I only bring this up because the spread is a lot closer than I thought. And I think that's indicative of just how – Mediocre Florida's been, but A&M at home, noon game, three-point favorites over the Gators. Uh, I'll, I'll take A&M. I think they figured some things out with the freshman quarterback they put in last week. I'm going Florida. Sam, I'm going Florida with that one. And it's at uh, A&M? Yeah, yeah, it's at College it's, Station. It's in College Station. And Florida struggled this year, but... Yeah, I'm going to go Florida. It's going to be a pillow fight. Yeah, yeah it really is. It really is. Uh, Florida. We, we should probably talk about the obvious, where game day is going to be, where the lovely Jade Norwood is this weekend for her work with the SEC Nation spots. Bless up. Shout out to SEC Nation advertising if you put it on uh, next year. Uh, big pick for the Chanticleers. Bad pick for our bet, and he's returning it far, which is a bad oh, pick for our under. Oh, and he's probably going to score now. This is so bad. This is so bad. Pick six is destroying wow. our under. Oh! We tackled him at the one. Tackled him at the one. Tackled him at the one. Man, you got to you got to stretch the ball across. Uh, okay, so you've got a Georgia team that eh, probably feels a little disrespected right now, right? Yeah, they do. Being ranked three. A little frustrated. They're at home between the hedges. That is the 3.30 CBS kick, so it will be a four-and-a-half-hour football game. Uh, you've got Hendon Hooker, who's older than five active starting NFL quarterbacks. You have uh, Jalen Hyatt, who has been playing with his hair on fire, putting up similar numbers, Brick, to one Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got, you've got a lot of... You've got a lot of other factors, right? You've got, well, is Tennessee's defense actually that good? I think they are. Is Georgia's offense, like you said, something that has sort of become a meme as of late? Um, And maybe not that good. Stetson Bennett may not be that good. Since he's my height, he is also older than, I think, five starting NFL quarterbacks. 
Brick, the line right now, if I'm not mistaken, I think it is six and a half. George is eight. Eight. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's high. I've already taken Tennessee, so I'll give away my pick. I've already okay. taken Tennessee. Right I now. feel like that's high. I'm not sure if Tennessee is going to win this game, but I definitely don't think that they're losing this game by more than seven. Paxton. Somehow that's a perfect line and terrible line at the same time. Right. Yeah. Um, Eight is weird. Eight's a weird number there, right? Yeah, you can't just get away with the last second touchdown win. Right. I, I'm going to pick Tennessee to cover, but again, like you said, I don't think they win. I think the Tennessee Magic maybe doesn't show up to that, that game, and I think Georgia handles business I'd at home. I'd be shocked if it didn't. Something tells me that this is one of those... At least in December is one of those teams that just rides this weird magic wave that they're on. Like Auburn does once a decade. <laughs> I just, I don't know if I can get behind the Hendon Hooker hype. Okay. That's a contrarian take, but the sample size is large, and I don't know. I, I think we see Virginia Tech Hendon Hooker this week. Okay. Wow. I think I'd be, I think that I think be shocked with my take. I think Georgia wins by two touchdowns. Wow. But the, the second one will be towards yeah, the very end. Garbage year. time touchdown. Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I just feel like Tennessee, they're they're really good, but it's at Georgia. Tennessee has played one other team, even close to this Georgia team, and that team had 17 penalties, a <laughs> questionable defensive pass interference call, and a missed game-winning 50-yard field goal. You can tell who in this room that Tennessee is hurt. oh boy okay this is fun just because it's it's pick it's pick them and because what oklahoma state did last week was embarrassing oklahoma state kansas just quick uh oklahoma state give me kansas i hate oklahoma state now yeah i think kansas okay i like it i like it uh okay uh, is there any other games next week we need to talk about? Yes, we got one more because it's a top 25 matchup between Texas and Kansas State. Oh, I love this game. Um, yes. And we know what Kansas, we just talked about Oklahoma State. Kansas State, 48 nothing win. Texas, who has been seesawing this year. But they're on the road in a night game, and somehow they're still two and a half point favorites. I will say this. So where's this game? Is it in the Little Apple or is it in Austin? It's in the Little Apple. Oh, buddy. I don't know, man. Kansas State's a road dog here. I think, so ironically, I think the reason that my decision is going more towards Texas is because of Oklahoma State. I don't know how good Oklahoma State was. Well, I can tell you one thing. They beat Texas 41-34. I'm riding with Kansas State because... I picked them last week to win the pick Look, them. Man. You so, <laughs> yeah, okay. Look, I got to ride with them. Like I just, it's gonna be a close game. I feel like. Definitely. I feel like we do this. I feel like Kansas State is a perennial. Oh, they're seven and one team, right? Like we always hit November, and Kansas State has surprised a bunch of people. I'm I'm going to. Uh, I'll take Kansas State. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because Quinn Ewers hasn't really been himself since the Oklahoma game, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember no, him right. playing that well since the Oklahoma. He's been game. pedestrian two straight weeks. Uh, so I'll yeah, I'll take Kansas State. What's the line? Uh, minus two and a half for uh, Texas. That being said, I think I, I picked, think Texas is coming off a bye. I I, I think yeah. I picked Texas in the pick'em, but going K State. 
Okay. You know what? No, I, I'm flipping. I'll take Texas. I hate using the transitive property in college football, but in this case, where I'm just looking at these two, 48 nothing win against Oklahoma State and 41-34 lost Oklahoma State, I'm just putting like putting square pegs in round circles. I don't care. Whatever. Give, give me Kansas State. <laughs> Horns down. Horns down. Horns down forever. Uh, okay, there's, there's one more big game we need to talk about. That is going to be our Alabama section of the podcast. You are at the 35-minute mark. You've been listening to Pat's Interference featuring Paxton Rimbus and Cam Brindle uh, for the last half hour plus five minutes. I'm going to do something, though, before we switch to Alabama Brick. Yeah. Paxton Rimbus went to Youngstown State. We, I don't think, have ever talked about the FCS extensively other than jokingly uh, in the eight years we've done this pod. It only happens when, like... Jacksonville State beats Florida State. I am going to give Paxton the floor to talk about one thing specifically. He has, for a long time, lauded over the FCS playoff. And it's, I don't want to say that you said superiority, but why it brings a more fun aspect to college football. I am going to hand over the floor to you so you can talk as long as you'd like about this. Yeah, I'll talk about the, uh, the FCS playoff real quick. Um... The beauty of the FCS playoff is everyone gets represented. If you win your conference, whether you're in the Big South, the CAA, or the Missouri Valley, you get a shot. Now, depending on what conference you're in, that means you either get one representative from your conference. You know, if you're in a Big South, if you're in um, an Atlantic Sun, you're probably only getting your automatic qualifying bid. Um, it's a lot like March Madness. Uh, with every conference getting their automatic qualifying bid, and then you get at-large bids. If you're in the CAA, Big Sky, Missouri Valley, for example, the three, let's call them Power 3 conferences of the FCS, you're, you're getting multiple representatives. In years where the Missouri Valley, which has long been considered the SEC of the FCS, sure, you can get up to five, five teams in the playoff. And you might have a... Six and five team in the playoff, but their strength of schedule was ridiculous, um, and so the, the committee votes them in. Uh, you get home playoff games all the way through. Huge fan of that. Um, and the the weird thing about the home playoff games it's it's not always based on seating. Like teams bid against the other team to who's going to host. Um, I mean, and then a whole separate. FCS postseason is HBCU postseason. Yeah. Um, like, you know, HBCU teams, they do not go to the FCS playoffs if they're the two HBCU conference champions. They play in the Celebration Bowl, and that is because of a $1 million cash prize for the school that wins the Celebration Bowl, yeah. along with all the history that the Celebration Bowl has and the great tradition it has. Um they rather compete for that than a national championship, and I don't really blame them. Um, that kind of is their national championship. Yeah. That is their national championship. They, they, yeah. they care more about that game, and they absolutely should. Um, but then, you know, if those teams that don't win the conference and the HBCU conferences, uh, they can get an at-large bid in the FCS playoffs as well. So how many teams are in the FCS playoff? I believe it's 24. And how long do the playoffs last? Uh, it is four games from round one 
to national championship game. And they start. So it's the week after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yep. Okay. Um, so rivalry week, you're playing in front of like probably five thousand people because everyone is watching Ohio State versus Michigan or is traveling for the holidays. Um, every everyone's gone from school, so there's no students at the games, so it's always a little tough. Um, but yeah, then after that, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. So let me ask you this: uh, I had, I just just became a. Uh, on board with like a 12 team playoff in mm-hmm. FBS. Uh, for years, I said that I thought four was perfect. They figured it out with four, quit messing with the formula. It's made the sport great. Do you feel like, and, and I know that one of the um, sort of the detractors will say that, you know, a 2014 playoff would, would diminish the importance of the regular season too much in FBS at least. Do you feel like it does do that for FCS? No, I'd argue the complete opposite. Because of a 2014 playoff, a Youngstown State and Illinois State game this weekend, two 5-3 and three teams who neither team is ranked, is one of the most important games in the conference this weekend because the winner of that game might be that last at-large bid for the Missouri Valley. So it gives you a reason to watch every game on the slate more than just keying into two college football games a weekend like FBS. If you're just somebody that cares about the national champion at the mm-hmm. end of the year, I do understand that if you really only care about who wins at the end of the season, then you're really paying attention to maybe two games a week. Now, and if you're North Dakota State or South Dakota State and your only competition all season is going to be each other, then, yeah, the regular season is a little boring because it's going to be inevitable. You're going to make the 2014 playoff. Um but for those other for those other a hundred and something teams, uh, you're all you're vying for the at large bid. How often does like a four loss team come out make make the tournament, the playoff, and then when it and when that happens, do you feel cheated that your champion had four losses in the middle of the season? I would say in the past decade, the only team to really like be an at large bid and make a run in the playoff has been the Youngstown State Penguins mm-hmm. in 2016. Uh, were unseated, uh, at-large bid, came in, beat a Sanford team at home, which they should have beat, went on the road against Jacksonville State, who was uh, the Ohio Valley Conference champion that year, played Wofford, beat Wofford, and then played Eastern Washington with Cooper Cup mm. in Eastern Washington, who was, you know, projected to be in Frisco at the end of the year. So really, YSU is the only team in the past decade to do that. Other than that, it's the same thing every year. Um, it's North Dakota State and then whoever North Dakota State wants to beat, which has historically been James Madison or most recently Sam Houston State. Um, Sam Houston State got the better of them last year. Uh, but yeah, it's so, it's the same result, but it's uh, it's fun nonetheless. So, so to recap... What the what I think the what you and I think you did a great job selling it actually. Um, I'm still not on board of wanting 24 teams in FBS, but I, it does make me a little bit more excited for a 12 team, just based on what you said. Making those sort of above average games on the slate like a more or, important, like an Ole Miss Texas A&M this weekend would have been a must watch. Um, right, say that's a week 11 game, and you've got. An Ole Miss team yeah. that's like, hey, they've got two losses, but yeah. those two losses are Bama and LSU, and they're both, you know. Um, 
No, I think that's... And then the, the idea that a, let's say, a 12th seed in the FBS playoff actually making the national title and winning it is such a rarity that if it did happen, it would be memorable to the point where that was awesome anyway. Kind of like a 10-seeded Butler run in the... Okay. okay. 100%. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it's North Dakota State. Is so who's taking it all this year in FCS? South Dakota State got the better of North Dakota State this year. They're currently the number one team in the country. Um, hopefully the committee doesn't put them on the same side of the bracket. Um, and we get a rematch. We get SDSU, NDSU 2 in the national championship game. It won't happen because Rich Rodriguez has taken the Gamecocks all the way to the championship. <laughs> I have no idea how he's doing there, by the way. But I love my JSU Gamecocks. Not going to lie, I completely forgot Rich Rod <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure he's the head coach. Uh, fun fact, before Nick Saban took the Alabama job, who was supposed to get hired at Alabama? All, all, of, my, all of my Alabama friends I when think, I was in uh, school at the time were coming to school going, oh, we're getting Rich Rod. Rich Rod, baby. I think my former uh, quarterback at my high school is the quarterback's coach there. At Jack State? Yeah, I think so. I thought, hmm. look at us. Small world. Big podcast, small world. I'll all do, right. get back on that one. Pax. Cam, thank you for joining. If you guys want to stick around for Alabama, you're good. Yeah, chime in if you'd like. Please. Uh, but Brick and I are going to move that way right now. All right, Brick. If we act too bammer, call us out on it. If we're acting like too much of a bammer. I'll just, just give you my prediction at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Uh, will I like it? Will I like it? Yes. Okay. Bama's the 13 and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. They're coming off a of bye week. So is LSU. By the way, guess who has a bye week this week? Ole Miss. Oh, yeah, they do. Next opponent. Mm. Uh, anyway, just want to point out, I think that's interesting. Uh, this game is a night game in Baton Rouge. Alabama has not lost at what is affectionately known as Bryant-Denny South uh, in, since 2010. Right? Yeah, my freshman so, year. Yes, however many there. trips that Justin is. Justin Jefferson, a quarterback. Yes. Uh, you have Jane Daniels, ASU uh, transfer, forks up. Uh, who has looked more and more like the Jaden Daniels ASU that beat Oregon than he has the Jaden Daniels L- or, uh, Arizona State that lost to, say, a Colorado last year or a Stanford. Uh, this game's interesting. LSU struggled getting the, road, or getting the run game going uh, as the season's gone on, which is something that Tennessee really succeeded in uh, in the game where they beat Alabama sort of forcing those mismatches because you have to put more people in the box. Brick, if you are, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to give you the tough one. If you're LSU, what do you have to do to win? Um, you need Jaden Daniels to make plays with his legs and, and uh, keep, keep the you know, front seven honest because I think he has more 15-plus yard runs than any quarterback in college football this year. In three LSU games this year, he has been their leading rusher. Yeah. Um, you look at LSU, and I, I, I kind of put my big my, – my hot take was that they were going to finish 7-5 and five or worse. Uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. They're 6-2. and two. If you don't take away their fluky loss to FSU in Week 1, their only hiccup was against Tennessee. And everybody's lost in Tennessee this year, yep. including Alabama. Yep. So, by all means, year one of, of Brian Kelly has looked from what we were memeing at the beginning of the season, not a fit – Ha ha, he he, can't believe they did this. Notre Dame's happy he's gone. So it's looking like it's a success. It's almost looking like it's a cultural fit. And even more so, I thought Jaden Daniels was not going to 
uh, you know, kind of working that system and working that offense. And he's been pretty brilliant in, in a lot of games. So if he can start making plays with his legs and force Alabama's defense to get out of sorts, which is what has been sort of a great recipe to beat Nick Saban in years past to kind of force the team to get out of sorts and make mistakes and play, you know, like they don't belong there. Which Alabama has done a lot on the road. They do that they, on the road like a lot. Like you mentioned in this podcast quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing for me is Jaden Daniels can do that all day. I do not think this is a game where LSE wants to get in a shootout. When you have, and I know Alabama's offense has been a little bit anemic this year, but in a situation where Alabama has just essentially pitched a shutout, um, sure, we can, yes, it was 30-6, to six, but the six was scored in the last, literally the last seconds of the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, Plumbers were on the field at that point. Right. That's so, mean. It's just our fourth stringers. I shouldn't have said plumbers. They work hard. I, I think freshmen. Say yeah. freshmen. Hey, these are the guys that I'm going to be hyping up in two years. So. I was about to say. <laughs> They'll be uh, muffing punts and making horrible decisions in two years. Um, no, but I think, uh, I think an X factor in this game is Eli Ricks, former LSU Tiger, now Alabama defensive back, who was shut down against Mississippi State something that Alabama desperately needed against Tennessee. Again, I don't think LSU wants to get in a shootout. I think their run defense has been pretty decent this year. I'm not going to say great. I'm not going to say terrible. They've been decent. Um, their pass defense has been lacking. And uh, Boutte has been nowhere to be found in any of these games. If LSU wants to win and they get in a shootout, Jaden Daniels needs to play a Steven Garcia-like game, and Keyshawn Butte needs to look like Calvin Johnson. Um, or Jalen Hyatt, if you will, if you're a Tennessee listener. Um, I just don't see that happening. I think Alabama's going to be extremely motivated coming off of a bye week where they probably feel a little bit disrespected, which is a dangerous spot to put Alabama ever. See, like... It, you know, look at last year's SEC title game, um, the national championship two or three years ago. It's just, they feel a little bit gypped. I just don't see a world in which LSU wins this game unless, like the Tennessee game, there are a ton of Alabama mistakes. I expect Alabama to come out slow on offense. I don't think they're going to come out firing. Uh, this just It feels like the recipe of... Bill O'Brien is not a game planner. He's never been a great game planner since he's been at Alabama. He very rarely comes out and just has a great plan that gets Alabama some quick scores. They usually come out slow, especially in road, especially in night road games, especially when the crowd's going, players get confused, and we don't game plan, and we have not been coaching well in those situations. I'm not going to doom and gloom as much as I was three weeks ago about this kind of stuff, but I do expect Alabama kind of to not start picking up the tempo until they get closer to halftime. That's sort of just been a... Bill O'Brien staple, um, and uh, I, I expect that to kind of continue. We'll, we'll complete some passes to uh, to Jameer Gibbs early. Good drives will sputter out. There will be penalties. I just know there will be. Um, I still expect Alabama to win it. Sort of moving away. I'm kind of gun shy about thirteen and a half. Uh, I, I would put there. I would say that the max I think they could win by is twenty, but I feel like it would be closer to. 12 to 14, so that's a really good line. I, yeah, I, I, I think Bama, if they cover, they're going to cover by half a point, right? I, I think it will be a 14-point win. 
Um, if they do cover, if they don't, I could easily see Bama winning by six in a close game. I still don't believe this is a world-beating team on the road. I loved what they did at home against Mississippi State, but I don't know that I see it happening on the road. Yeah, and you're perfectly justified in that. They haven't yeah. shown you a reason to not believe that, right. except most of the Arkansas game. Hmm. That you didn't watch, but... I, was, I watched the first quarter and a half. Okay, so when Bama was up 17 nothing. I did. I watched that. Yep. And then when they ended up covering the 16 and a half point spread, you watch that too? You're not, you can't tell me that that environment was anything like what they're no, going to no, have no, at no. 7 I, o'clock I'm in not, Death Valley. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is. <laughs> I, I think that Bama's been terrible on the road this year. I think it's a very in big good games where everybody's watching, they have been, yes. Yeah, sure, except Arkansas. Arkansas, nobody was watching. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to continue to be optimistic. One of us has to be on this podcast, and apparently it's not you this year, so it's going to be me. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm going to take Bama covering. It's dumb. They could even backdoor cover. They could be up by like eight in some wonky way and then score a touchdown late. I could see that happening. But I just don't know if LSU has the firepower right now, especially because you you still have Will Anderson to think about, which, again, you want to talk about disrespect. He's not even talked about anymore. I'm going to take Bama covering. I think they'll start slow, and I'll think they'll speed up, and I think they'll win going away, like I said. Yeah. And I, I would put it – this is the hardest spread I've had to pick for Alabama this year, I'll be honest. So I thought they were going to cover against Tennessee, and I bet on them to cover. Um, Start slow going away. Yeah, I'll have them winning by two touchdowns, which would, which would have them covering. Okay. Paxton. Bama covers. Cam. Yeah, I got Bama winning 38-23 uh, covering – and like that. I mean, yeah. see, to see what Tennessee did to LSU at home, well, at LSU, yeah, yeah. Bama, I think Bama. Good stuff. Bryce Young throws. Bryce Young throws for about I don't know four eighty five twenty. I wonder what his, I wonder what his uh, sixty eight rushing yards. What his numbers are, but I was going to say three fifty nine. Okay. No, I, more realistically, I think it'll be closer to three hundred yards. Three fifty nine um, with two touchdowns. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay with that. A nice little NFL line, if you will. Uh, All right, anything else we need to talk about? Um, I wanted to, I I promise I teased last week that I would would fix college football. Let's do this. Yes, I love Uh, this We ran out of time last week. So my plan, and NFL too. But no, don't worry people, we're fixing it. This is how you fix football. We've had a podcast for eight years, listen to us. Yeah, this is how you fix it. I'm clicking on the clickbait right now, I'm interested. It doesn't solve every problem, but it solves the biggest problem in football right now. It is far from the biggest problem, but it's my idea to fix football. You get all the referees together across both sports, all leagues, and you decide, and you, you do this going into next year. You don't do it now because it would be too drastic of a change. And yeah. You have to go into next year after nobody's watched football for nine months so nobody will notice this strongly. You just tell them, this year, we are easing up on pass interference calls. Just leave the flag in the pocket. We are, we are by, by about 35%. 40% easing up on them. And also, that stupid thing that happens every single game now where the quarterback underthrows the ball, forcing the wide receiver to slow down because the ball's underthrown to the DB who's just trying to locate it, runs into him. You don't call those. Unless it's just egregious, yeah. egregious Rams versus Saints. You don't call those as often. You just, you got to but ease up on about, four, but then you don't put it in a presser. You don't tell everybody before the season starts that that's what you're doing. You just do it. You just come out this year and we're not calling pass interference as heavy. Because I am so tired of the strategy of, 
well, we'll just oh, it's throw it 50 yards, yeah. and we know that there's a 45% chance yeah. the DB no, is going to get called it's for a pass interference. It's 17, so you go run 30 yards down the field, and I'm going to throw it 25, and then we'll get a 15-yard penalty. And then all the teams that's wearing blue is doing this. All the fans are throwing their hands in the air. Hey, pass interference. All the fans wearing white are going, no, no, no. And then everybody's, no, just let them play football. It's a contact sport. When it comes to fans and penalties, or just like calls in the game in general, pass interference whether it happens or gets called or not, is the most reactionary thing yes. that mm-hmm. can happen in a football Big game. Big time. Fans react to pass interference and to, to that penalty specifically. Like, you don't see people reacting to holding calls. Mm-mm. Like, people react because it's, it's I, I will there. say it's non-holding right calls is a, is a close second. Non-holding calls. not If holding is called, most people are like, yeah, okay, that was holding. But, I think easing up on the, on the pass interference, people are so accustomed to as soon as there is contact made, whether it's for you or against you, you are reacting, you are throwing your hands up in the air. That would be a and I hate that. drastic, I drastic. hate the fact that everybody thinks, well, my favorite little wide receiver got touched. Give me the flight. I don't care. It's very Stop. much like basketball now in NBA, tic-tac oh, fouls. Oh, yeah. I like that. Um, yep. I was about to say that the holding stuff, the non-calls on holding go the opposite of the NBA, where LeBron... Because he's LeBron, Kevin Durant, because he's Kevin Durant, gets hit on the arm, whistles automatically blowing, while Chandler Parsons doesn't get that. But on the other hand, uh, uh, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter don't get calls held against them because everybody's so used to them just blanking through the line that it, it just, they, it's the opposite of superstar calls. But anyway, I, I don't, I, I'm, that's, for a, that's for the 2024 season. For now, we've got to fix the pass interference thing. Yeah, fix it. We just fixed college football. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, we kept it under an hour. All right, hey, look at us. We're, at, we're at the 57-minute mark, and we're going to wrap this thing up. For Cam Brindle, ACC expert, Paxton Rimbus, FCS and Pac-12 expert, and you know us. You know us, Hooligan. Expert on everything else beyond college football, even. Yeah, like chemistry we're really good at. You guys need to know how to make a treehouse? I'm your guy. Yeah. Which bananas are ripest at the grocery store? We got you. Jigsaw puzzles under 50 pieces? <laughs> Since I have two and a half minutes before we hit an hour, can I can I can I tell the stupid inter, uh, grocery the store story? story? I wish you would. So I'm at the grocery store with my girlfriend, and she does this like borderline illegal thing, where I guess there was a bunch of like five bananas, but she only wanted like three, and she ripped off two of them and put the two down, and I was like, "You can't do that!" And it, I was thirty when I learned you. Can separate banana. Yeah, you, can you can grab. Them. You can grab one banana off a bunch of three and just pay for one banana. This was this summer, spring. <laughs> the amount of times I've bought like five bananas, bananas because they looked like they were going to be the most ripe, just to throw out two of them. You called me appalled. <laughs> I still you could not believe. I'm still. I've still stopped myself shy of doing it. I bought four recently and I just threw one out today. Yes. <laughs> buddy, the world's your oyster. It's capitalism. Yeah, ban- bananas me? galore, buddy. That's uh, it. All right, look, this has been fun. Hope you've enjoyed it. Follow us on Twitter. It's the only thing we really pay attention to anymore. PI underscore podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, send them our way. There. We'll talk about Michigan next week. Yeah. Right? Let's yeah. Say we should talk about Michigan. Nah, well, we're taking a Michigan break. I know we have one Michigan listener, but we're taking a Michigan break. They, uh... 
Yes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're off. And we'll talk about North Carolina next week, too. We got Blake Corum's awesome. There, we talked about Michigan. Yeah, there we go. He's great. Uh, and all, we got and North- the players should go. The players should be kicked off. All the players should be kicked off the team. Yeah, no, that's... that's uh, Michigan oh, no, State. No, 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 no. They didn't State. have a week off. They played against Michigan State and got Michigan jumped. State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't talk about this, that, but... This coming week. Yeah, no, they're off this week. Yeah. The Michigan State players should be kicked off the team. And it should be more than, what, four that got in trouble? It should be a lot more than four. Uh, we talked about Michigan. We've got 40 seconds for it a minute. Uh, an hour, I mean. Yeah, that's it. Uh, hey, best friend in the whole world? Best friend in the whole world. Best friends in the whole world. Yep. Four Floral, of us now. Four. Four of us now. If you can't see us, we're making a group hug. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye.